This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. Today's Callahan Show is sponsored by MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com and use code word JERRY for huge discounts. For example, you can get the standard MyPillow, which is normally $69.98 for only $19.98 with code word JERRY. I'd call that a huge discount. MyPillow is made in the USA, and it comes with a 10-year warranty. It's machine washable and dryable. It's the most comfortable pillow you will ever sleep on. Makes an excellent gift. Get it now. And you can support this show and you can strike back against cancel culture. As you know, like us, Mike Lindell is constantly under attack from the cancel culture mob. By purchasing from MyPillow, not only are you helping this show, you're fighting back against cancel culture. MyPillow isn't in the big box stores anymore, so you can get factory direct pricing if you order from MyPillow.com using code word Jerry. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Well, he has arrived. He has arrived in Boston, the biggest star in the world right now. Uh, yes, I'm speaking of Vladimir Zelensky. He's in Boston tonight to perform uh, six sold-out shows. Wouldn't that be something? I think Chris Rock performing live tonight is the biggest comedy show in the history of comedy. But what happens the next time Zelensky, he's a comedian. What happens the next time Zelensky appears live somewhere? They could sell out, you know, the the, the biggest, the Michigan Stadium, the Rose Bowl to hear Zelensky. But uh, the little room of Wilbur, the Wilbur Theater, which holds just over 1,000 people, is the place to be for the next three nights. Chris Rock has arrived in Boston. We get the photos from the Daily Mail. I'm surprised he gets here that early, but uh, uh, some guys, Billy Joel, you know, Billy Joel plays Fenway Park. Mm-hmm. He stays at home in the Hamptons and he takes a helicopter and he arrives like 10 minutes before the show, does the show, gets back in the helicopter, is back in his, in, in bed, you know, half an hour later in the Hamptons. And then he does the same thing the next day. He doesn't stay in Boston at all. But Chris Rock is, he's performing for the next three nights, two shows a night, I inquired because I would love to uh, see this show. I like Chris Rock. Uh, the going rate for a decent seat is at least 500 bucks on the secondary market. And I am definitely too cheap to take a date and drop a grand to see Chris Rock. I'll, uh, I'm sure we'll get reports and hear all about it. I think if I know anything about him or uh, he's going to spend some time, probably the first my guess, first 10, 12, 15 minutes making jokes about Will Smith. If he doesn't, 
these people are going to want their money back if he avoids the topic, which he won't. I mean, he's this is just a gift. He is he's the only one that comes out of this looking good. He's the only one that acted like an adult, and uh, I, I assume he will make the most of it tonight and for the next three nights and uh, knock him dead, mocking Will Smith. I think what he does is come out on stage. The first thing he does is find someone with a some bald guy or woman and mock them and just get things rolling from there. But uh, we will talk about that the latest. A lot of people come into his defense. I think at first it was kind of split who was right, who was wrong. That's over with. Everybody who's being honest knows Chris Rock was right and Will Smith was wrong. We're still waiting for the uh, ruling from the Academy to see what the punishment will be for Will Smith. Whoopi Goldberg is on the, I don't know if she's a, a governor or what the hell they call it, an Academy member. And she's been talking about it, said there will be action taken. He will be, I'm going to predict he'll be ineligible next year for an award. And he's got a movie. He's got a, a role that was, uh, that had Academy buzz, Oscar buzz, but he will not be eligible and he will not be in the front row. And maybe his wife uh, won't even show up next year. I don't see uh, how they, I don't, I don't think they'll want those two egomaniacs to uh, distract everybody. Uh, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, hopefully the next president of the United States, is a genius. Let me just say that. He's got balls. He's smart. He's he's savvy. But he's just brilliant when it comes to politics. The uh, big story around the country is the Don't Say Gay bill, which doesn't say gay at all. It's a parental rights bill. He signed it. It's law. And it's driving the liberals nuts. This is what every governor, every every red state governor, every Republican governor should do. Put them on the defensive. It's just it's just a masterstroke of great politics because he's right, they're wrong, and the more people learn about this bill, the more and the more people learn about uh, the current trend in elementary schools. The more they support uh, Ron DeSantis. God, I wish here in Massachusetts we had a Republican governor with the same kind of courage, the same. Same balls as Ron DeSantis. Unfortunately, we do not, and we have uh, we have a, a terrible governor, a cowardly governor, and we have a terrible mayor in Boston. Big story. It's kind of gone national at this point. I think Dave Portnoy has set brought it to another level. But the uh, little tyrant, the petty tyrant, the Liz Warren protege, our mayor, Mayor Wu, is extorting restaurants in one neighborhood in Boston for a payment for the privilege of being able to put a table or two on the sidewalk. It's a little bit, a little mini revolt here in Boston, and you love to see it. We will talk about that. We'll give you the details. Um, uh, there's a new rule in the NFL. They got to have a chick on the offensive coaching staff or a minority, and it just seems so forced. Roger Goodell is such a wimp. I mean, he's just sticking his finger in the wind and say, okay, here, take a, you guys, you, you got to have a woman in the huddle. And we'll all feel better. Every, the pressure will be off. Just uh, get a woman or a minority, just a, a, a an affirmative action hire. This is not going to go well. This is just too forced. Uh, but uh, we'll get into that and a lot more in today's Callahan Show. By the way, Tiger Woods, we're tracking his plane. His plane has landed in Augusta. And so begins the buzz of will Tiger play. I can't believe Tiger Woods... 
Um, I think, I think you said it, Craig, nobody moves the needle like tiger. And it's so true. I mean, he's not going to win. He probably won't even make the cut. He might not even make it through two days if he starts uh, on Thursday next week in the, in the masters, but so what just the idea that he's going to give it a shot will be riveting. And I can't believe I'm saying this because I used to root against him, but now I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting hard. I want him to, to play. I want him to make the cut. I want him to be competitive. It will be great TV. So go tiger, go. We'll give you the latest. We're still, you know, tracking tiger to see if, uh, see if he's giving, giving any hints that he may tee it up at the masters next week. But, uh, We'll get into that and a lot more. Today's Callahan Show brought to you by DCU. Whether you're buying your first home, your dream home, or you're looking to refinance the home you love, DCU may have the mortgage program to fit your needs and more importantly, your budget. Their mortgage experts will walk you through the application process and help remove the hurdles that can make it so difficult and confusing. They will bring you right up to the front steps of home ownership. Learn more about rates and programs or to apply today at dcu.org slash mortgage. DCU is an equal housing lender. NMLS number 466914, insured by NCUA membership required. <clears throat> All right, while we wait to find out if Tiger Woods is playing, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to sit back and root for Ron DeSantis. That's my new favorite sport. God, these people, the floor, people in Florida are lucky. They have a fighter. They have a guy in the, in the governor's seat who uh, who fights for parents and families and and. and the right thing. And this latest thing, which has been labeled the don't say gay bill, you've heard Hollywood. You saw the Oscars when Amy Schumer and Wanda Sykes and that other woman started dancing and saying, gay, 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 gay. And it's just, uh, they, they, they know in this game of chess that Ron DeSantis has uh, set, has cornered them. It is checkmate. They got nowhere to go. So they lie. They say it's, it's a bill that uh, forces teachers, prohibits teachers in K through three. That would be five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, and eight-year-olds. It prohibits teachers from saying the word gay. It does no such thing. I have the bill right in front of me. Uh, I'm looking at an NBC News story that admits it doesn't say the gay bill. It says, uh, in fact, the word gay is nowhere in the text the bill does, however, contain the term sexual orientation and gender identity each twice. And that's good. They admit that. This is what the bill does. It forbids teachers from talking about sexual orientation and gender identity with little children, with first graders and second graders. And parents, or you don't even have to be a parent, look at that and say, what the hell could possibly be wrong with that? This is calling out this radical gender identity crowd and saying, uh, you're not going to force your agenda on little kids. In my opinion, every time I read about this or hear about it, I say, why stop at third graders? Why, why, why are teachers allowed to talk about sexual orientation and gender identity with fourth graders and sixth graders and eighth graders? I mean, why is that their place it doesn't, it, it really does uh, kind of expose them and you hear them complaining about it and say, it's just not right. But we'll get, when we get to a couple of teachers, we have the uh, president of entertainment at Disney explaining why they're upset, uh, why, why Disney is against this, but you got all kinds of celebrities. We have Ron Perlman, by the way, and the guy, the guy who, uh, 
he, he I guess he just stays in, in roles, stays in character because he appears to have some kind of crazy, scary costume on. There he is. We'll give you his uh, insightful, intelligent analysis of the bill. And I want to play that because he speaks for all these Hollywood idiots. But this was just a brilliant move by DeSantis because the more you read about it, the more you hear about it, the more you realize who could be against this? Who wants to talk to six-year-olds? You have a six-year-old at home, Craig. Yep. Could you imagine him coming home and he tells you or you know, your wife tells you, yeah, at school today in first grade, they talked about gender identity. I don't think I understood what that meant till I was like 27 years old. And you're talking about talking to a six-year-old about this. And there are people fighting for the right. Consider, Think about it. Here it is. People are fighting for the right for teachers to talk to your six-year-old about gender identity. And your question is, why do you want to do that? Why do they want to talk to six-year-olds about sexual orientation and gender identity? That's not something where you say, yeah, I wouldn't mind, you know, having a conversation with them. You say, damn it, you can't stop me. This is important. It's nuts. And the more you hear about it, the more you learn about it, the more DeSantis appears to be the voice of sanity here, as usual. I mean, he just doesn't back down. He doesn't care what the media in South Florida, what the Miami Herald or the Tampa paper or the Fort Lauderdale, he doesn't care what they say about him. They lie about him. They lie about the bill and he just stands up there and he pounds the table and says, we're not going to let you do this to our little children. And by the way, the polls are, the people are with him. It's like two thirds of Florida voters support DeSantis, support this bill. 52% of Democratic primary voters, these are Democrat primary voters, no independents, no Republicans, 52% support DeSantis. It's a brilliant move Put them on the defensive, make them explain why they want to talk about gender identity with little children. There really isn't a good defense of this. And we could get to this teacher, this teacher named Corey Bernhardt. Now, let's ask a couple of um, couple of questions. This is a uh, kindergarten teacher, a gay guy, kindergarten teacher in Florida who went viral. I think he spoke to, was it MSNBC or NBC? Check to see who he's talking to here in this video. And he seems smart and reasonable and rational. And, but what he says is, is nuts. He's, he feels like he has, he has to have the right to talk about him and what he and his partner did uh, yeah, on MSNBC. He, 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 he doesn't understand why he doesn't have the right to talk to six, uh, five-year-olds, five-year-olds about what he and his boyfriend did or his partner did over the weekend. And uh, before we play it, quick question for you, Craig. Mm -hmm. you're, young, you're younger than I am. You probably have a fresher memory of your days in school. Yeah. Do you ever remember a teacher at any level talking to you about what he or she did over the weekend? I, I mean, how is that... Why is that even necessary? You know, somebody should, uh, granted it's MSNBC, they're not going to ask him any real questions. But wouldn't the question be, why do you need to do that? Why do you want to do that? Don't you have a lesson plan? See behind you all those numbers and things? Aren't you supposed to be teaching these kids basic, you know, math skills? I mean, aren't you supposed to tell them about, about English and history? Uh, even at kindergarten level, 
You really want to tell them what you and your partner did over the weekend? Well, I remember, yeah, I remember growing up and the teachers themselves would actually try, like if you ask them a personal question, they'd be like, I I don't (laughs) want to talk about that. And now now they just want to dump it on you. If he starts talking about, you know, gay marriage or gender identity, clearly by law, somebody should stop him. You're not allowed to do that. Someone should fire him if he does that. But if he talked to the kids about paddleboarding with his friend, they're five. They're not going to say, is your friend, is he your boyfriend? Are you partners? Are you married? I mean, the idea that you can't talk about your personal life without leaving your sexual life out of it. It's absurd. I mean, and the guy looks, looks good looking guy. Sounds reasonable. The idea, the thought that he wants to, to, to voice this upon yeah. five-year-olds. But can I, before we plan, can I ask another uncomfortable question? Sure. What kind of guy teaches kindergarten? I've never heard of a guy, a grown man <laughs> who teaches kindergarten. Well, I think I mean, this is, this is your answer right here, Jerry. I mean, that's, that's almost like, you know, a, 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 a glorified nanny where you, you, I mean, you're not, they're five. You're mm-hmm. essentially keeping them, you know, getting them ready to learn things in second, fifth, 10th grade. I've never heard of a, of a guy teaching kindergarten, but uh, this guy, you know, loves his job, loves his kids. And he really is disappointed that he can't talk about his, his, his uh, personal life and his sexual life. And uh, I'm not sure who's going to, sympathize. I mean, I guess some people are groomers. There's a lot of groomers out there as we've learned the groomers are disappointed that they can't get these children ready, you know, to transition when the time is right. Mm. But his name is uh, Corey Bernhardt, a teacher, a first uh, kindergarten teacher in Florida. And he's not happy about this. He's not happy that DeSantis won't let him talk about, you know, his love life with five-year-olds. Let's listen to Corey. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's twofold. It really hits hard um, in my heart professionally and uh, personally both. Uh, professionally, it, it truly makes me feel like um, I am not trusted as a professional. Um, I know my kindergarten standards through and through, and um, nowhere in our curriculum does it have anything about um, teaching sexual orientation or sexual identity. Um, so for them to to say that, that, that that's happening, um, that, you know, it's kind of crazy. Um, but uh, we should be able to have discussions, and, and that's what we're encouraged to do in kindergarten. And then personally, no. because, um, you know, my, my kids do have questions. They want to know who the, uh, my partner is in pictures yeah. outside of my classroom, and I should be able to speak to that. So, so do you worry that you won't even be able to? Like, if my kid came home and t- started telling me about this guy's personal life and not about things he you learned know. that day, I'd be pretty upset. Yeah, I know, and I assume there are parents of the children, the five-year-olds, are looking at this going, wait a second. First of all, you know, people are saying, that's my kindergarten teacher? Well, I, you know, I thought it was some, like, 60-year-old woman, you know, like <laughs> grandmother. Uh, secondly, why, he's disappointed. He thinks his part of his job is to share his personal life with the kids. <clears throat> Another question for you. Do you yeah. remember what... Any teachers, what their spouses did, or even if they had a spouse, I don't even remember no. most of my teachers in my life. And again, I don't, it's, it's been a long time. I don't have a clear memory of every, 
I don't remember their first names. Nope. I don't remember, you know, where they lived. I mean, the idea that we were supposed to hear what a teacher and his partner or wife or husband, whatever, did over the weekend. as And, and, and that was an important part, he says, of what the teacher does. Since when? Since Never. when is it an important part for a teacher? And, and, and so you tell them you can talk about that stuff. Just say it's your friend. Don't say it's your, it's your lover or your husband and, and confuse the kids. Is that a real burden on you to, to leave that part out when talking to five-year-olds? <clears throat> I'm going to guess this guy's going to transfer or to fourth grade next year so he can get back to talking about his personal sexual life with little kids. Cause apparently that's what he enjoys. But uh, let's listen to more from, uh, from poor Corey, poor, poor Corey can't talk about his paddle boarding with the, the five-year-olds anymore. Talk about your own personal home life. I mean, I have a child in kindergarten right now. I know exactly that my, my child has two teachers, one of which has a daughter at home um, and is single. The other is married and has four children. I, I know everything TMI. about their lives because my kid tells me. Absolutely. You are 100% correct. Um, That's what we do as educators. We build relationships with our kids. And in order to build relationships, you talk about your home life. You talk about what you do on the weekends. That's building community. It scares me to death that I am not going to be able to have these conversations with my children because they're going to ask me what I did on the weekend. I don't want to have. That's the thing right there. They're not his children. Let, let it go. Here's where he says the paddleboard. He's really disappointed. He can't tell him that he went paddleboarding with his boyfriend. Go ahead. To hide that my partner and I went paddleboarding this weekend because then they ask, well, what does partner mean, Mr. Oh. Bernard? And, you know, I, I'm worried it's your friend, you what it means. Dink. I'm also worried for my kids. I have a little girl <laughs> this year who has two moms, and the kids are curious about her two moms. They want to know about no, her No, they're two not. Moms. You, know, it, you know what? You want to know about her two moms? Do it on your own time, kids. We're going to do simple mathematics today. We're going to talk, uh, uh, you know, about writing. I mean, the idea that he's there to tell the kids about one of the girl's two moms. That's why does that come up in, okay. in your teaching? Here's the problem. Guys like this, they, he, as always, he thinks it's all about him, about him. He's got pictures. He's sharing his personal photos of he and of him and his, his whatever partner, boyfriend, husband, with MSNBC, like, why does that matter? We're talking about this law and how it affects teaching. We don't need to see pictures of you on your wedding day. I mean, th- these people are so self-absorbed. Your job is to teach children. You're getting paid by the taxpayers to teach children, not to tell them, to brag to them about what a fulfilling weekend exactly. you and your, your boyfriend had. Well, it sounded like at the beginning of this video, he was saying that those pictures were hanging up either outside of his classroom or, right, or somewhere right. in the classroom. So, and, and, you know, maybe, maybe things have changed. Times have changed. They certainly, certainly times have changed. But the idea that you or your I back in the day were sitting in a classroom and the teacher was going to say, yeah, me, my husband and I, here's what we did over the weekend. You'd be like, what? Where did this come from? This is not your job, which is why it's so brilliant. Nobody thinks that it's appropriate for this guy to start talking about his sexual orientation with little kids. Five-year-olds, they're not ready for it. They don't know what the word gender means. They don't know what sex is. They're five, you creep. Keep it to yourself. Again, it's, it's, it's clear that it is a winning issue for DeSantis. Every governor, every governor in every state should be doing this. Because not only do you get people like this 
this creep talking about how disappointed he is that he can't share all his personal secrets with the children. But you get celebrities, you get Amy Schumer, you get these other clowns talking uh, who clearly don't know what they're talking about. Or you get this asshole, Ron Perlman, who plays Hellboy. Because he, I hate to break it to you, Ron, but you know why you got every role you've ever gotten? Because you're one homely bastard. That's why. Because you're one <laughs> scary looking man. Uh, that's why you made it in Hollywood. Uh, but uh, Ron Perlman, consider this, that you have a, a bill. It's important. It's a parental rights bill. It's about parents. It's about how we, you know, how we raise children, how we teach children in this country. I think it's a very fundamental I- issue for, for parents, for taxpayers, for voters. You have this moron who barely gets through the headline of the story. Maybe talk to one of his, his Hollywood friends. Oh, yeah, they won't let you say don't say gay. They won't let you say gay in the classroom anymore. That's all he needs to go to, uh, to, go to Instagram and, and make a video. This idiot didn't read word one. I have the bill in front of me. It is literally seven pages. Couldn't it take him whatever. I mean, he's probably kind of stupid. Probably take him 10 minutes to read the bill. But he doesn't bother doing that. He does a video, which when I tweeted about it, it had like two and a half million views. So he probably up to three million views. Doesn't seem to care that he's completely ill-informed. Has no idea what he's talking about. He's going to share his impulsive thoughts with the world. But, and, and you know what, once again, this shows you how smart DeSantis is. He knows morons like this will oppose him and just make him look better. But let's listen to Hellboy talk about the don't say gay bill. Good morning, Governor DeSantis. Ron here. Um, don't say gay. Don't say as the first two words in a sentence spoken by a political leader of a state in the United States of America. Don't say. Don't fucking say, you fucking Nazi pig. (coughs) Say. First Amendment. Read about it. Then run for office. You piece of shit. Sandy. That's 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 your uh, take from your big Hollywood star that he honestly believes it says don't say gay bill and don't say gay. He, it, say, he honestly thinks the law says don't say gay. It's like a hold off sex education bill, isn't it? It's like, right, <laughs> yes. It's like leave our kids alone, you freaking groomers. That's the bill. <laughs> leave our kids. To me, again, I'll repeat, I've read about it. I've read the bill, got it right in front of me. It doesn't go far enough. Why do we why do we want people like that creep from kindergarten talking to fourth graders and fifth graders? Why are they ready for a discussion about gender identity and, and sexual orientation? Fourth graders are what, nine? Yeah. I from what I remember, uh, we didn't do sex ed till sixth grade, I think. <laughs> and even then it just seemed I mean, the guys are all giggling, the girls are the I mean it just <laughs> You it, said penis. <laughs> leave them alone. That's not your job. That's a parent's job. How do we get to the point where we have parents? There's there's a big story yesterday. Uh, I think it was in Texas of a woman, a teacher, and she was, I think, a fourth grade teacher bragging that 20 of her 32 students 
had now identified as LBGTQ, 20 of 32. <laughs> when we think she's not indoctrinating them, she's not brainwashing them. <clears throat> it's just a coincidence yeah. that 20 of 32 are uh, claiming to be gay or lesbian or transgender and in and, and, and elementary school. <laughs> I mean, if you're a parent of one of those kids, you're saying, get my kid away from this freak. But uh, let's get to Disney because this, this part of this is amazing. Disney obviously came out strongly. They had, you know, walkouts in California, by the way, walkouts of Disney employees to protest a law in Florida. And then they had uh, Disney CEO and others coming out saying, how oh, they strongly oppose this. Let me get the Disney state. You don't have the Disney statement in front of you, do you? I don't have the statement. Uh, I just had the video. The, the Disney statement up because the, uh, 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 and DeSantis <clears throat> talked about this on, um, on Tucker last night <clears throat> And he said, you know, maybe he should come up with a bill that uh, that outlaws talking about the Uyghur Muslims, the slaves, the, the Muslim slaves in China, that Disney would support that. And <clears throat> excuse me, somebody, um, somebody on Twitter pointed out that he was planning a Disney cruise and the cruise stops in Dominica, the Caribbean nation of Dominica, where, where being uh, gay is illegal. It's a crime. In China, where Disney is A-OK, they love China. Uh, obviously, they have Uyghur Muslims in concentration camps, but they just, gay, being gay was illegal until like 20 years ago, and gay people still have no rights in terms of uh, workplace rights, and they can't adopt children. Disney has no problem with that. They do business with China. They don't say a word. But this law, which doesn't, uh, which uh, says kindergarten teachers can't talk about sexual orientation with five-year-olds, has got Disney uh, all upset, and uh, this this thing is eye-opening. Her name is Carrie Burke. She's the Disney president of entertainment, a pretty important person for a pretty important company in the state of Florida and everywhere. Disney, nobody has affects children's, affects their minds, children's minds like Disney. I think we can all agree. And if you have little kids like you do, Craig, you watch mm-hmm. this and you say, this is the woman that greenlights the movies, the projects, the TV shows, the the, the theme park <clears throat> that kids all are going to see, are going to experience. It's going to affect them. And Karen Burke explains why she's <clears throat> so upset with the new Florida law. It, it, hits, it hit home. It hits home for her. But keep in mind that this is the woman making big, big decisions for Disney. And let's listen to her explain why she's against the new uh, Florida law. I'm I'm here as a mother of of two queer children, actually. Um, (laughs) uh, One transgender child um, um, and one pansexual child. um, and, And also as a leader. Um, and that was the thing that really got me because I have heard so much from so many of my colleagues over the course of the last couple of weeks, um, in open forums and through emails and phone conversations. And, um, I feel a responsibility to speak, um, not just for myself, but for them, um, to all of us. We, we had a, we had an open forum last week at 20th where, um, again, the home of, of really incredible groundbreaking LGBTQIA stories over the years where um, one of our execs stood up and said, you know, we only have a handful of queer leads 
in our content. <laughs> and I went, what? I, that can't be true. And I, and I, and I realized, oh, it, it actually is true. We have many, many, many LGBTQIA characters in our stories. And, and, and yet we don't have enough leads um, and narratives in which gay characters just, just get to be characters um, and, and not have to be about gay stories. And so um, that's been very eye-opening for me. Um, and, and I, I can tell you, um, it's something that I feel perhaps had this moment not happened. Um, I, as a leader and me, as my colleagues would not have focused on and, and going forward, um, I, I certainly will be more so I know that we will be. And so, um, so many questions, so many questions. This is a very important person. Again, president of entertainment for Disney, Karen Burke. And I'm hoping you can help me out here, Craig. Yeah. Uh, two kids, two uh, whatever, LBGTQA plus kids. Mm-hmm. One trans kid, <clears throat> we don't know how old, but uh, one of her kids is transgender. The other is pansexual. Yep. Now, I think I'm fairly well read on, you know, these cultural issues. Can you uh, help me out? What the hell is a pansexual? I think they're attractive to, uh, attracted to cooking uh, supplies. Oh, yeah. to pans? Yeah. yeah to pans, I was going to say, they like pancakes. They, I mean... I guess I can look it up here, but uh, she says that with a straight face. I know, again, I don't know how old these children are. I feel bad for them. Uh, you know, they, they, this, this, they're being recruited. Not all of them, not maybe not hers, but some of them. When you have a classroom where 20 of 32 are declaring themselves LBGDQA, mm-hmm. uh, you got a problem. You got a problem. There's you a- have someone who's not there to teach kids, who's there to indoctrinate kids. But this woman actually says, her goal is to have 50% of the characters in Disney movies be LBGTQAI+. She didn't say plus. We should probably cancel her. <laughs> I'm not even know what plus is. Is the P? Oh, it must be pansexual because they're not. there's no P. So pansexuals. Okay. You're going to have to uh, be patient here because I, I wasn't prepared for this. I need to know what a pansexual is before I... Um, and, and we're going to probably see a number of not limited, sex- not limited in sexual choice with regard to biological sex, gender, or gender identity. So what does that mean? I feel like seventy uh, percent of these are the same thing with a different name. Pansexual people may refer to themselves as gender blind, asserting that gender and sex are not determining factors in their romantic or sexual act attraction. Pansexuality may be considered a sexual orientation in its own right. Or a branch of bisexuality. What the hell? I mean, honest to God, her children declare themselves pansexual. And she says, yeah, we need more pansexuals in Disney movies. I feel bad, you know, Craig, because, you know, when my daughter was little Snow White, watched Snow White a thousand times and it was fine. I mean, it was a little, you know, tedious, but I didn't have to sit there and explain, uh, you know, who the, you know, why the person is calling himself pansexual or why that kid was transitioning. That's your future. Uh Disney movies, according to this whack job, are going to have 50% LBGTQIA plus characters. There's there's 10 seconds left in this video where uh, she gets really emotional if you want to see it. Okay, let's, let's, let's watch this nut job some more. And I hope this is a moment where shoot um the 50 percent of the tears <laughs> sorry are coming um 
uh, we don't, we just don't allow each other to go backwards. She started crying. <laughs> go backwards again, again, again. Do you know what the law says? Maybe not. Maybe she's as stupid as Ron Perlman and thinks it says, don't say gay. You never know. But uh, it is a scary time to have, uh, you know, a six-year-old and a, a two-year-old. So I feel bad for you. But uh, mm. this is the people you're going to have to be fighting to help your child have a healthy, normal upbringing. Someone like this who wants half the character, at least half the characters to be LBGT when your kids don't even know what that is, There's you know, a- they don't even know what that is at that age. Uh, but they want to get to them early, you know, get to them early so they can, uh, to indoctrinate them young. Disney, and, uh, Disney's always had weird things in their movies or like little hidden things. And, uh, one of the biggest movies right now in Disney is Moana. And there's a scene where the rocks character pees on a little girl's hand. What? <laughs> they're, they're going and he's like, you know, you're going in the right direction. If you stick your hand in the ocean and the water gets warmer. So she does that. And then it shows the guy's face and he's taking a pee into the ocean in her hands. Uh, I, I don't need to. I don't, it's I, very the strange. Thing, the important thing is the guy LBGTQAI plus. Yes. That's the important thing is at least half have to be LBGTQI plus. The plus is P. <clears throat> yeah. The plus is P. All right. Well, good for Ron DeSantis. Hopefully our next president or at least our 48th president once Kamala takes over for Joe and, and, and uh, completely uh, fails miserably, but uh, great move by DeSantis. I wish I had a Republican governor here in Massachusetts who had some balls, but no, uh, I'm going to guess Charlie Baker won't even come out uh, in defense of the restaurant owners against our mayor, but we will get to that. Let me do, uh, Nord Pass and uh, whatever else I have to do. And then I'm going to get to uh, the latest on Chris Rock, who just arrived in Boston. And we'll get to this fight in the north end of Boston uh, between the restaurant owners and the mayor, because that kind of went national. And uh, there's a good guy and a bad guy in this one. And uh, we'll tell you who we're rooting for. But uh, first, let me do Nord Pass. I do use your Facebook account to log into every new website application or eShop because it's faster and easier. Have you ever wondered what could happen if your Facebook account is hacked? Well, we know. Let me tell you. Hackers would get a free shot at all your accounts that are linked to Facebook. We're not even talking about leaking your personal information, credit card details, and delivery address. There are more serious crimes that could happen to you, such as identity theft, crimes committed under your name, loans under your name. Etc. NordPass can help you avoid these situations. NordPass is more than a password manager. It's the essential cybersecurity tool that makes everyone's life easier and safer. It's a simple, easy to use and very secure password manager created by cybersecurity experts and trusted by more than 14 million users worldwide. Here on the Callahan Show, we use NordPass to keep our online accounts secure and to access all of our passwords in one secure and convenient place. This has been a critical tool for all the members of the show to collaborate effectively, saving us time and effort every day. You can have NordPass on your computer and smartphone so you never have to worry about forgetting a password again. You can also store your credit card and personal details securely on NordPass, making online shopping far easier. All right, here's the deal. You get 50% off your two-year plan plus one month free with code Jerry Callahan. That's my whole name, Jerry with a G, Jerry Callahan. That's 50% off on the two-year plan plus one month free with code word Jerry Callahan. Get 
NordPass today. Hi, let me tell you about Basis by Elysium Health. It's the most trusted source for NAD supplementation. Their product, Basis, is clinically proven to increase levels of NAD by 40% safely and sustainably. Elysium is unlike any other healthcare company I've seen, and they're at the forefront of NAD supplementation. They have dozens of the world's best scientists working with them, and eight of them are Nobel Prize winners. NAD is found in every single cell of your body, and it's responsible for creating energy and regulating hundreds of cell functions. But the body doesn't have an endless supply of NAD. In fact, levels decline as you age. Lifestyle stressors such as lack of sleep, intense exercise, unbalanced diet, and overexposure to the sun also deplete NAD levels. Decreased NAD levels are linked to faster biological aging and can slow down vital body functions. Many basis customers report experiencing higher energy, less fatigue, and more satisfying workouts. What does it do? Well, it replenishes youthful levels of NAD up to 40%. It activates sirtuins, that are also known as longevity genes, to promote healthy aging. It supports energy and metabolism at the cellular level and helps maintain healthy DNA. It supports recovery from workouts. It reduces general tiredness, fatigue, and general health and wellness. Recent studies confirm the superior safety of the NRE in basis when compared to other NAD supplements, underscoring the company's rigorous commitment to research and quality. And right, here's the important part. we got a special offer for our listeners. Go to trybasis.com slash Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, and enter code Jerry at checkout to save 10% off basis prepaid plans as well as other Elysium Health supplements. That's trybasis.com dot com slash Jerry. All right, before we get to the battle for uh, the sidewalks of the North End in Boston, which is heating up, it's getting good. Uh, Chris Rock, as we mentioned, just arrived in Boston. You know what? I'm, I'm glad that his tickets are, are at a premium and people are dying to see him. I hope he gets a little bounce out of this because as we pointed out many times, he's the good guy. Will Smith is the bad guy. People who are are, are, are taking Smith's side are, are, are just flat out wrong. So, you know, you can't insult his wife. Uh, his wife said she was proud of her bald head. She didn't, you can make fun of her. She didn't care. It wasn't an issue. He'd made fun of it before. It was not a big deal. Everybody knows it was a lame, innocuous, harmless joke that, that Will Smith, just an asshole that made the whole night about him. He should have been kicked out right there. And then he shouldn't have been able to make his speech. Um, Unfortunately, this story is going to go on forever. Next year's Oscars, everything will be about this and how people react to, you know, insults. And, and, and you know, we're going to find out what kind of punishment there is for Will Smith. Chris Rock is, uh, he's hot right now. He's got six shows. They're all sold out. The scalpers are getting big money for the tickets to see him. I assume he'll do a lot or at least some on this I found this interesting. The joke was ad-libbed. It was not in the teleprompter. There were, no one wrote it. No one, he didn't write it. He just winged it. And, you know, it was fine. It wasn't hilarious. It was fine. Uh, by the way, it was, in a way, it was a compliment. G.I. Jane is a badass. G.I. Jane, Demi Moore, she looks really cool with the buzz cut. And she looks really uh, tough and intimidating. And so does Jada Pinkett, by the way. But yep. I think... Uh, as Babylon B pointed out, is a way Will Smith apologized and is a way to make it up to him. Chris Rock slept with his wife that night because <laughs> apparently Will Smith, the biggest cuck on the planet, he apparently <laughs> enjoys that. 
but a few people came to his defense, including Jim Carrey, which was good. Jim Carrey called Hollywood spineless. Yeah. He was, he was really good on this. Adam Sandler, of course, for his friend, Alec Baldwin. I'm not sure you want him coming to his defense. Do we have any, uh, the Jim Carrey? Cause I, I can get that. I heard this and said, you know, Jim Carrey, he's a big liberal. He's a big Hollywood guy. I don't remember him taking a bold stance on a lot of things. I'm sure he's against climate change. He's probably against the no say gay bill. Don't say gay bill. But he comes out and he doesn't just defend Chris Rock. He said it was disgusting what Will Smith did. And he said the standing ovation was disgusting. And he called Hollywood spineless, which I thought was pretty bold for Jim Carrey. Uh, see, I don't, I don't remember him saying, you know, stepping out this way in the past. Maybe he's pissed because he hasn't had a good movie lately or got any awards lately. But uh, I give him credit for uh, uh, coming out and flat out saying that Will Smith was was out of control here. But do you have uh, uh, Jim? I'm not sure who's with, with Gail King or who is he with. Uh, this is CBS this morning. I yes. got it. He was, he was on CBS this morning. Do you watch? And sorry. Yeah. Let's listen because by the way, she tries to say, Oh, it escalated. The thing escalated. This is Gail King. I believe it escalated. And, and I was watching this when I saw the clip and I said, what escalated? Nothing escalated. It was a joke. Will Smith stormed the stage. There was no escalation, and Jim Carrey uh, set her straight on this. But let's listen to Jim Carrey on CBS This Morning yesterday. Should unfold, and then what happened after? I was sickened. I was sickened by the standing ovation. I felt like Hollywood is just spineless, en masse. And uh, it just, it really felt like, oh, this is a really clear indication that uh, we're not the cool club anymore. There was some question today about if anyone else had walked from the audience and done that, they would have been escorted out by security or maybe even arrested. The police asked, asked Chris they if he been. wanted to file charges. They asked Chris, do you want to file charges? And Chris apparently said, no, he did not. He doesn't want the hassle. I, I'd have, I'd have uh, for announced this morning that I was suing Will for $200 million because that video is going to be there forever. It's going to be ubiquitous. I get, keep it going to our next question about uh, escalation. You know, that insult is going to last a very long time. If you want to yell from the audience and disapprove or sh show a disapproval or say something on Twitter or whatever, you you know, you do not have the right to, to walk up on stage and smack somebody in the face because they said words. No, no, I agree. I, I think we all agree on that. I just thought, Jim, that it escalated to that. You know what I mean? That it escalated to that level. It didn't escalate. <laughs> it came out of nowhere because Will has something going on inside him that's frustrated. And I, I, I wish him the best. I really do. I don't, I don't, you know, mm -hmm. I don't have anything against Will Smith. He's done great mm -hmm. things. But that was I not a good moment. That, 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 that's that, that's the part I like. Well, she's trying, obviously, Gail King's probably friends with Will Smith. She's yeah. looking for ways to spin it. Oh, it just escalated, which means someone else is to blame partially. Someone else shares the blame. There's no one else shares the blame. It's 100% on Will Smith, and he sets her straight. Didn't escalate, you idiot. Uh, and, and he's so right. Didn't escalate. And I don't think Chris Rock will sue or press charges, but he's right. It'll last forever. For the rest of Chris Rock's life, he'll be the guy Will Smith smacked in the face. He doesn't need that. And and it's, you know, he didn't ask for that, but he's got it. And that's 
uh, unavoidable. That's the way it will be forever. And, and Jim Carrey is so right. It's, it's Will Smith has something going on inside him. Yeah. It's his problem. It's his fault. It's his issue. He apologized, but I, I assume there'll be more, uh, a bigger price to pay. He'll be whatever suspended for a year and, and, uh, and not be allowed to win next year, whatever it is. And, and that's the, good. The biggest flag with that whole thing was how he went from such joy and laugh to just the switch snapped like that. And he was smacking Chris Rock. <laughs> I know, and, and, and we know that they're screwed up. These are two screwed up people. These two, two narcissists, Jada Pinkett Smith and their open relationship. Jada Pinkett Smith is, has been with the friend of her son. I mean, mm-hmm. are we going to pretend that's normal? I mean, that might be normal, you know, in, you know, in Ron Perlman's world or in that Disney, that Disney woman, that whack job might think that's normal, but most people don't. There's a, there's underlying tension there. There's issues there. And I'm not surprised. You can't have that kind of relationship with your wife, with your family and not have issues. And she gave him a look and he said, Oh, she's uh, giving me that look. I got to do something. And he went up and smacked Chris Rock and uh, it's it's you know it's gonna live forever and hopefully Will Smith will be embarrassed to see that video forever. All right, we gotta move here. Let me do Shane. I'm gonna get to the battle in Boston. You know we've had some battles here. We had the battle of Bunker Hill right in my neighborhood. We had uh, you know we had the Tea Party, the original Tea Party. Well, we got something else brewing, simmering in Boston, and it is a clear case of the good guys against the bad guys. And we'll give you that. And uh, a new rule in the NFL, a new rule in the NFL. You got to have at least 50% of the coaches have to be LBGTQA plus, I believe. And pansexual. You must have a pansexual on your coaching staff. It's going to be hard to enforce that, but hey, rules are rules. But uh, first, let me tell you, let me talk about Shea. I would have been telling you about Shea Concrete for a long, long time. Today, we're sitting with the man who makes it all work, the man in charge of the whole place, my brother-in-law, Greg. Hey, Greg, seems like business is booming at Shea Concrete. We're cranking that out, Jerry. Well, uh, I'm I'm just wondering, what's holding you back these days? We could use some good help. You need people? We need people. How many people do you need? At least 20 people. 20? Well, what kind of people? We have positions driving trucks, working in the production plants, estimating engineers, all kinds. Do you need any podcasters? <laughs> and all we do have the precast podcast. Well, I, I think it seems like a great place to work, as I tell people. It's a family atmosphere. You guys are good to your people. There's a great gym here at the headquarters. Uh, what's holding you back? Why can't you find people? Besides being to work on time, you have to pass the drug test. Ooh, <laughs> you have to pass a drug test. That's all it takes. All right, if people want to uh, come see you, they want to talk, what do they have to do? Bunch of ways. They can, if they want to be a team member, they can go to shakeconcrete.com, fill out an application. They can come to our, any of our offices. We got four locations. They can call me up directly. They can email jobs at shakeconcrete.com. And you'll give them a hat? And we'll give them a hat. Hats. Yep. All right, sounds good. Shakeconcrete.com. I saw a really cool, uh, nice cafeteria here. Can we go have lunch? Oh, absolutely. We got empanadas and chicken. <laughs> Excellent. I don't know what they are, but I'm going to go have an empanada. All right, this this has gone viral, and I'm glad because uh, we have an awful mayor in Boston. That's no news. Every mayor we've had in my lifetime has been awful. They're always hostile to to a private industry, to private business. They're always there fighting for the non-working class. They the, the mayor we have now was essentially appointed by this cabal of left wing 
authoritarians who run the city, the Globe, Harvard, Liz Warren. They picked her. She's not ready for the job. Her name is Michelle Wu. She's, I think, 36 or something. And she looks like she's 14, sounds like she's 14. She's just not ready. She can't handle the job. She's had a couple of initiatives in her first few months. One was to, uh, uh, I don't know if it's a law or a, or an executive order. She wants to ban protesting, which is pretty uh, amazing for someone who has literally laid down in the road to block traffic, to protest climate change. So this woman wants to ban protesting, protesting for something real, not climate change, but vax mandates. So the cops and the firemen who've been suspended uh, want to protest and they have a right to protest. But she says, you just can't do it near my house. So they want to stop them from protesting in her neighborhood, which I assume the Globe, I haven't read of supports and, you know, her typical supporters will say, oh, yeah, that's just not right. They shouldn't be able to do it at her house. Of course, you know, she was 100 percent supportive of protesters. And that's nice. Uh, Craig, if you're watching on Locals, Craig is sitting in front of her house right now. Beautiful Roslindale. Michelle, the protesters there, they usually go early in the morning and they yell and they wake her up, which is good. I support them because this woman has upended their lives with this completely ridiculous vax mandate, which even at this point, at this point, everybody knows is ridiculous. It's just like her with the mask mandates. We were like the last city, one of the last cities in the country to get rid of the masks, even though we all knew they didn't work. We all knew they were just theater, but she's one of those type of virtue signaling frauds. Anyway, she doesn't want you protesting outside her house. Now she supports protests who literally burn, loot, trash, vandalize businesses, neighborhoods, you know, as long as it's for racial justice or climate change. But if you have something let you want to protest it like her, like Vax mandates. No, 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 no. We don't support that. So you can't protest outside her house. And yesterday she held a meeting or should I say a press conference in city hall about how she was going to extort all the restaurants in the North end uh, for out to, to give them the privilege of putting table uh, tables on the sidewalk but she put it in a small room so the restaurant owners, the ones she's extorting, could not go. So they can protest this ridiculous edict that they must pay. They must pay protection money to the mob in City Hall, which is essentially what it is. But they could not be heard. She wasn't allowed to, she wouldn't allow them to come in and voice their disapproval. That's the kind of tyrant she is. And clearly you have these people who support this kind of authoritarianism, the globe and the, and the politicians in city hall, these are total hypocrites, liars and frauds. They again, support BLM. You want to burn loot. You want to block traffic. A okay. That's, that's, that's okay with them, but you want to fight for your business, your small business, for your employees, for the right to make a living. No, that's over the line. Can't this that. is a person who's never had a real job, never run a business. Nobody she knows has ever had a real job. They all, they all are parasites on the, in the, the at the public trough. They, none of them actually knows what it's like to work for a living or to run a business. And they look down on people like these restaurant owners who are fighting. Do you know what they put these people through? Our, our, our cowardly governor and the mayor before her, what they put them through, they shut them down. 
arbitrarily, unnecessarily, they shut them down during COVID. It was a complete and total overreaction. It was, it was immoral. It was wrong. They would not let them earn a living. They, and then when they could, then when they let them come back to business, you had to separate the tables and wear a mask when you walked to the bathroom and you had to add all kinds of um, um, little uh, restrictions and rules which were totally arbitrary. They did nothing to stop the spread. It was just a way to, to exert their control, exert their power. But these restaurant owners survived. There's about 100 restaurants in the North End. There's about 1,100 in the city. Only 100 have to pay this extortion money to put tables outdoors. Newberry Street, nothing. Seaport, other neighbor, her neighborhood, out there, Hyde Park, Rosendale, you got a restaurant, you can put tables on the sidewalk, no problem. Only in the North End, for a couple of reasons. They're white, that matters. She doesn't, you know, she, everything's racial. Let's be honest, everything is racial. White people. And she doesn't think they supported her, for the most part. They didn't. These are capitalists. Why would they ever support her? So she has a hair across her ass for these guys who, and, who own the restaurants in the North End. And they just come up with this number, 7,500. And even the reason, the explanation is arbitrary and capricious. They just say, oh, it's for public safety. And it's, you know, for cleanup. Well, why isn't it for public safety in the in Newberry Street or in the Back Bay or in Seaport? Only there do we have public safety concerns. You know, the neighborhood's kind of tight. Again, these people fought through all these reaches. Every effort, her crowd made to destroy these people. And they did destroy some of them. I believe it's something like 40% of the restaurants went out, went under, take a walk through the financial district. Got to be 60% of the restaurant gone because not because of COVID because of COVID overreaction from people like this. Anyway, so she's getting ready to hold a hearing and a bunch of restaurant over owners are demanding to be in the room and, you know, express their disapproval, maybe even debate the issue. Can't have that. These people are flat out un-American. And, and this one restaurant over who does most of the talk, and I believe it is George Mendoza. Do I have that name right? George Mendoza of Vinatera, Vinateca de Monica. I believe they call it Monica's. He's one restaurant owner. He was surrounded by others and he wanted to get in. And they said, Oh no, 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 you can't get in. You can't. Don't you know, this is, you know, th this is uh, China. This is North Korea. We don't allow people to to stand to, to speak up, to talk back to our little petty dictators. And they would the, wouldn't. They just said, "Pay up." And here's her idea of a compromise: you could pay it in installments, seventy five hundred dollars to put your tables on the sidewalk. You could pay it in installments. Oh, what kind of compromise is that? And if you have a hardship case, you can apply and tell them you don't have the money. And, and you know, the, who wants to do that? There was no compromise. She doesn't care. She hates these people because they actually work for a living and pay taxes. And those aren't her people. Installments we, of uh, 1500 bucks too. Well, big break. You, you know, yeah. we don't have to pay it all up front. I mean, these, these uh, by definition, they are hardworking hustlers. They get little restaurants and they're out there grinding and fighting through the, the, the boot on the neck from Charlie Baker, that coward, and Mayor Walsh and, and, and Mayor Wu, who don't care. I mean, if these, if these people were, you know, you know, unemployed or, you know, whatever, dear bankruptcy, oh, the city will be there for them. But if you actually want to work, 
earn a living, not be a burden on the taxpayers. If you want to out there and work, they're just finding a way to make your life more difficult to drain the blood from your, from your body. It's just disgusting. But do we have the sound of George at the, at the meeting? I don't know. It's hard. It's a couple of minutes long, but he just is confronting a, a state rep, by the way, mm-hmm. saying, I have a right to be in there. And this guy, this guy should be mayor. This guy should be, I would love a chance to vote for him and not Ayanna Presley or Mayor Wu. But let's listen. These are a bunch of restaurant owners fighting for the chance to be heard in America. Um, this is an exclusive list. I'm not in charge of the list. Um, the North End liaison invited. We would like to listen in. We are, we are, we are, you know, no liaison reached out to me. Okay. Hey, Johnny, how come you're not on the list? Hey, guys. So we only have so much room. Why don't we pick there's a bigger room? There's bigger only rooms so much room for us to be able to do it. Bigger so rooms you room. so you elected the people that are in your favor, John. John, that's what you did, John. John, you're you selling out the neighborhood, buddy. And this is illegal. We are, we are members of this community and we want to take part, okay? So pick up a bigger room, find a bigger room, and let's be able to all listen in. You have the people who are on your side. We have the people who are on our side. We like to meet with the mayor. We like to do it in a polite fashion, but she needs a bigger room. She picked a small room only for friends and family. We have friends and we have family, and we like to hear we, we like to hear what she has to say. The people that you know, the people that you elected to join you do not represent us. Nikki Brown doesn't represent us. Pataroli doesn't represent us. We represent ourselves, and we like to be heard, okay? And we like to be... We like to partake. She cannot have a neighborhood meeting about the businesses without including the businesses. We are the businesses, and we would like to be included, okay? And this is this is a tyranny, what she's doing. And she's doing it behind our backs, and we would like to be heard, please. It's that simple. Who made the list? How come the business No, if this is about the business owners of the North End, there's a lot of people there who are not business owners, okay? Including you, all right? Benetti, D'Amico, okay? We are business owners, we would like to be heard, okay? That's all we're asking for. And if not her, we at least like to listen. And she picked the smallest place in the, in the building to have a meeting because she doesn't want us there. And we want to be there. And the media wants us to be there. So we, we have voices. We have plenty of mothers in our group that are suffering because of the, of the decisions that she's making for our businesses. We have plenty of employees who have families who are suffering from her mandate on, on us only 100 businesses that you help, an Italian member of our community, okay? And we would like to, we would like to at least Peacefully listen to what she has to say. She has no right. Listen, this, folks, is not democracy, okay? This is not democracy, yeah. okay? Democracy includes everyone. Oh, yeah. All of us. Oh, I would run to the polls to vote for this guy, uh, although he's busy running a restaurant like the rest of them. Hardworking people just want to make a living. They're not asking for any special benefit. This is so wrong. It's un-American. They're, they're, she's picking out one group and uh, targeting them and extorting them. And by the way, such a fraud. This guy, Nick Verano, owns Strega. This is how this works. You crush the little guy, you you support, you prop up the big guy. It's what we went through through two years of this COVID tyranny where they let you know Amazon and Walmart and McDonald's stay open and thrive, and they crushed the small business, the neighborhood diner, the the neighborhood store, just put them out of business. The little gyms, they're all gone. The little bars and restaurants, they're gone. The big restaurants, they have no problem writing a check. I mean, this guy, he actually stood, Nick Verano stood with the mayor against these people. God, just if you're going to dinner at the North End, keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. There's a lot of great little places, really great little restaurants, but a place like Strager where a guy sold them out and stood with the mayor 
and tried to, who's trying to bleed these people dry and, 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 and targeting them and not doing the same to the restaurants and all the other parts of the neighborhood. It's disgusting. By the way, there's a petition. I saw this Jen Royal, a restaurant owner in uh, the North end and a bulldog, man, I wouldn't want to be uh, on her bad side. She has a petition with over 30,000 signatures. There's another petition supporting Nick Ferrano and mayor Wu. It has 30 signatures, 30. <laughs> They're the good guys, 30,000, the bad guys, it has 31 now, I believe. So I don't want to sell them short, but keep that in mind the next time you're trying to decide where to eat in the North end. I did I already do Shay. Yes. Uh, good. I did Shay. So let's do this. Uh, oh man, we got, uh, uh, we don't have to do tiger. We can do tiger. We'll keep tracking tiger. We'll do tiger, but I want to do this NFL rule. This is so ridiculous. Uh, I know you'd be surprised, but you have this affirmative action rule. I'm reading a, a story here from Newsmax. The NFL announced Monday that all 32 teams will be required to hire a minority assistant offensive coach for the 2022 season as part of its diversity efforts. So according to the league's policy, the coach can be quote a female or a member of a female or a member of an ethnic or racial minority. The policy was adopted by NFL owners at their annual meeting. So you have to have one coach on offense. I'm not sure why offense or defense who has to be minority or woman or both. I don't know if this includes, I don't know if this includes LBGTQA and you know, I'm sure it'll be fine. I mean, you'll, you'll see the woman, everyone will know she's a affirmative action higher or maybe the minority, but do you know why this is ridiculous? Because obviously affirmative action's wrong. It, it, this person is going to have an asterisk next to her. Every time you see her, you know, she's only there because they forced to, to hire her. But I mean, I've, I've been close to, you know, high school football programs, college, small college, division three, my son played. There's a thousand guys who want to coach at the highest level or, you know, college for every one woman, probably more than that. There's probably 5,000 guys. It's just the way it works. There's not that many women who aspire to coach in the NFL for every one woman. There's 5,000 guys. And you're saying those guys who are working their ass off and they're good at the job and they're really going, they can wait. We're going to elevate a woman who doesn't have their experience or even their desire to coach at that level for what? For diversity? Why is diversity for diversity's sake so important? That's one. The, 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 the idea that those guys, and I pointed this out many times, the best coaches are guys who've been essentially coaching their whole lives, like Bill Belichick, you know, and it's Sean McVay. These are guys who aren't playing in the NFL. They're busy coaching when they're 21, 22, and they grind and they start at the bottom and they're quality control guys and they work their way up. They're going to get leapfrogged by some woman who, I don't know, went to, to college, got a graduate degree and said, I want to coach in the NFL. And they can say, oh, you're a woman. You don't have a penis. Let's go. You're in the NFL. For what? For diversity? What does that do? What does that accomplish? You say, oh, good. Women now can coach in the NFL. How does that increase their numbers? There's still going to be one woman for every 5,000 guys, and they're going to have to wait their turn while this woman leaps over them. I'm sorry. That's just the way it works. There are a lot more men who want to coach football 
and they're just going to have to wait while we have this experiment and show women. And, and what happens if the women fail? Are they going to fire them? If. And do you really think in the next whatever few years, a woman's going to be a head coach in the NFL that they're ready for that? I mean, sometimes it just works out that there are more men who want to do the job than women and vice versa. There are more women who go to college. Now there are more women who get graduate degrees in college. They're going places. The girls are going places. It's just not to the head coaching job in the NFL, at least not yet. I don't think the uh, players are going to really be receptive to the coach. We're going to pretend we're all going to pretend. And the other thing in all these stories, I'm sure the story I got references, Brian Flores, Brian Flores. Yeah, here it is. Brian Flores hired by the Steelers amid his lawsuit against the NFL. Brian Flores is, he's got unbelievable privilege here. Brian Flores is a fraud. We learned that Brian Flores made $15 million in whatever it was three years in Miami. They gave him a new contract, paid it off. He made a fortune. It didn't work out. Guys get fired. He got fired. Right. Mm. He would have got hired in Houston, except he went kicking and screaming and crying about racial bias and, and, and all discrimination. So Houston hires a different black coach in Lovey Smith. And he adds Houston to the lawsuit because he didn't get the job. Clearly he was exposed there. We saw the truth. It's not about black coaches. It's about one black coach, Brian Flores, who by the way is again in the NFL coaching, probably making I don't know, five, 600 grand while suing the team that hired him. That's, oh, that's, I mean, that's real discrimination. You got hired by a team you're suing mm. and you want us to believe the discriminating, discriminating against you. If you want to pick somebody else, find someone else, some other assistant coach who just can't get a break, can't get an interview. Fine. We can talk about that. We're not going to talk about Brian. We're not going to take Brian Flores seriously. He's a fraud. He was exposed. He doesn't care about black coaches. He cares about one black coach himself. And he's had a hell of a early run. He's only 40, whatever. And and he's already made a fortune and got yet another job. So good luck, Brian Flores, proving how you've been discriminated against because that's just patently false. That's just not true. But anyway, we will leave it there. I went long again. I'm sorry. It's one of these days. One of these days, uh, Ironhead, I'll keep it uh, to an hour. But uh, you're going to make some noise outside Michelle Wu's house? Yeah, I'm going to go knock on it and see what's up. Yeah, no, no, no. You can't, uh, you know, trespass. They stay in the road. They got their megaphones. You're Again, she's okay if you want to go downtown to Newbury Street and smash some windows, set some fires. Yeah. That's cool. Don't make noise out. You don't have a First Amendment right to make noise outside Queen Queen Michelle's house. No, no, no. That's against the rules. I'm going to be yelling the word gay as I walk up to the house. I'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you do that. Good luck to the restaurant owners. I can't wait to patronize them probably this weekend. What did we decide? That's uh, George Mendoza who who did that uh, of Monica. That's, that's, you want to go somewhere, go to Monica's, go to anywhere there besides Strega. That fraud sold out the rest of the neighborhood. But, We'll see. We'll see how it goes. She's not giving up, by the way. She hates no. these guys. She hates them. She blames them for, you know, the noise outside her house, the noise outside her office. She hates them. 
it'll be a showdown. It'll be the little guys, the little restaurant owners versus Michelle Wu and Nick Ferrand and the Globe and the TVs and Harvard and all the rest of the power. I thought she was going to repeal it. Yeah, I thought she was going to repeal it and she just doubled down. I thought she would lower it to five grand. That was my guess that they set it at 75 for reason to drop it to five. She didn't drop it a nickel. She doesn't care. She's extorting, squeezing these guys because She's a she's a vindictive little tyrant. Yes. She's learned well from Liz Warren and she is going to try to crush her enemies and hopefully they hold up and hopefully people just patronize them. Go to the North End, spend some money, just not Strega. But anyway, we will leave it there for today. Thanks to everybody for watching, for listening. Thanks you to Craig. Uh, ooh, I've just got a message. My uh, my uh, my scalper guy is working to see if he can get me some, you know, affordable tickets to Chris Rock. I'm too cheap to spend 500 each. I'm sorry. I like them not that much, uh, but we'll see how that goes. I'll let you know uh, tomorrow, but we will leave it there for today. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we will see you tomorrow. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell